aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race. Put ourselves in position, got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and got to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Off four, final time, Brad Keselowski. You know, I've got a great job. A lot of people don't have a job at all. I don't think that what they want to do is hear me whine about, you know, mine. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Xfinity, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. By Whelan, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. By Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here together for our weekly get-together with you. Brad Keselowski won over the weekend at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. It was his third win of the year. And after that win, he was rewarded by his car owner, Roger Penske, with a contract, as Kyle Ricky will explain in a busy news segment coming up here in just a couple of moments. Michigan native Eric Jones joins us this week on NASCAR Live. Eric is currently 31 points below the playoff cut line with six races to go. He'll chat with our Jeff Striegel about that and more. We'll preview this busy upcoming race weekend as the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series and the NASCAR Cup Series are racing at Michigan at Michigan International Speedway. The Xfinity Series is also in action this weekend. The Xfinity cars will be in action at Road America. Landon Castle is featured on the latest episode of Sunday Money with hosts Corey LaJoy, Lauren Fox, and Daryl Mott. We'll sample a piece of that. Plus, Woody Kane will chat with MRN's resident Michigan native Jeff Striegel. Of course, Jeff is one of the voices that you'll be hearing in the booth this weekend at MIS. They'll chat about the racing in the area and a whole lot more. But first, NASCAR Today Middays. Kyle Ricky is here to get us started with a busy week in NASCAR. Kyle, what's going on? It was victory in New Hampshire for Brad Keselowski as the Michigan native earned his third win of the season and second of his career at the Magic Mile. Keselowski continues to rack up the playoff points as well and was also rewarded following his victory on Sunday. Team Penske announced in a statement that Keselowski has re-signed with the organization. It's presumed to be a one-year deal through 2021. Kozlowski was at the top of the list of available free agents here in silly season 2020 with big wins at Bristol, Charlotte in the Coke 600, 
and now New Hampshire. The captain, Roger Penske, secured the 2012 champ for at least another season. It was announced today in a team release that Levine Family Racing has been sold. The team that currently is backed by Toyota and Fields Cup cars for Christopher Bell will be no longer following the 2020 season. The team has sold all of their assets, including their charter, and have fielded cars as a family since 2011. Here's team majority owner, Bob Levine. I really gave it all I had for the 10 years, and the last five primarily when we went full time and committed, and I, and I thought we could uh, you know, make a difference and, and be a good team, a responsible and respected team in NASCAR. And to walk away and not have completed that, you know, uh, it, it's, I've never had to do that before give up on anything. Levine Family Racing made its debut at Texas with David Starr on April 9th of 2011. They've had multiple drivers, including Michael McDowell, Ty Dillon, Casey Kane, Regan Smith, and Matt Benedetto. Their current driver, Christopher Bell, will finish out the year with hopes of securing the team's first cup win before season's end. And that's what's trending in NASCAR News. I'm Kyle Rickey. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up on NASCAR Live, Michigan native and Joe Gibbs Racing Cup Series driver Eric Jones. And later, the story on Kyle Busch's recent struggles. Hey, what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dogs feel like the same da these dogs. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh, no. I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh, no. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Michigan native Eric Jones joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series run to the playoffs is starting to wind down. Six races remain in the regular season. Two of them happened this weekend in Michigan. Eric Jones was born and raised and is even still living in Michigan, and so does our very own Jeff Striegel. Here's the two chatting about the Cup Series season and the hopes of locking up a playoff spot for Eric. Getting ready to race this weekend in his home state, the driver of the number 20 Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing from Byron, Michigan, Eric Jones. How are you as you get ready to hit the high banks of your home track? Doing good. It's uh, it's always good to come home. So I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about this weekend. Been hanging out at home this week, so uh, looking forward to getting to the track. What's the pressure like for you when you come home to race at Michigan? Well, it's always a little bit more. You know, you want to uh, you want to run good at your home track and in, in front of your home. Uh, well, no no crowd this time, but you always want to run good at home. So um, you know, I think the pressure is a little bit higher on myself, just wanting to come and. Um, you know, have a good performance at home. That's, that's a track that 
you know, for me, if I take the crown jewel races out of, out of the season, you know, Michigan's the one, one track I want to win at the most, just with it being the home track. So always cool to come back and, uh, and try to get out there and, and win one of the ones at home. It's interesting that you say that because Brad Kozlowski, also another fellow Michigander with 33 wins in his Cup Series career, has said that winning at Michigan would be the biggest win of his career. What would it mean to you, Eric, to win one of these two races this weekend? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be huge. I mean, I, I guess I'd really have to agree with that. I, I think for me, it'd be one of the biggest wins, if not the biggest in my career, just because it is home and I only live about an hour and 15 minutes from the track and, and grew up, you know, going to some races there and, and being around the track. So uh, it would definitely be a huge win for me and, and one that it'd be hard not to put at the top of the list. You know, I, I think uh, Michigan's always, like I said, been a place I've been around for so many years and, um, you know, home is really important to me and, and Michigan is, is definitely what I call home. So uh, that'd be an awesome one to win at for sure. When you take a look at where you guys are at right now, you're just below the cut line, six races remaining, the pressure of trying to make the playoffs, the pressure that you guys are under to win. Is there ever a time at this level, Eric, when you're not under pressure? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I think you look at, um, you know, our team as a whole and JGR as a whole, and, you know, Denny's had a great year, obviously, it, with five wins. I'd say he's still under pressure. Um, and, and Kyle and I are, are still trying to get our first win. So, it's uh, you know, it's been a tough year. I think we've been looking for a little bit of speed at the beginning of the year, and then we got a little bit better. And, you know, the no practice has kind of hurt us here the last couple of months. So, um, I think you're always under pressure. And, and we definitely feel it right now, obviously, being uh, below the cutoff line. We, we want to be in the playoffs. And, we had a tough week in New Hampshire and that, that didn't help. So we got to really focus and, and run hard for six weeks. And, um, you know, whether it's pointing our way in through these next six races or getting a win in these next six, uh, whatever it takes to get ourselves in the playoffs is what we got to do. And, and we definitely, you know, feel the pressure of that. Since COVID-19, there have been numerous changes. Uh, you mentioned one, we won't have any fans in the stands at Michigan. We don't have practice. We don't have qualifying. Uh, so many different things that have changed in our sport. Is there anything that has changed in our sport that you like well enough to say, all right, when we do get back to normal, whenever that is, I wouldn't mind seeing us do this. Is there anything like that? You know, I, I think definitely the one day show is great. You know, you, you get a lot of your week back and, and not going on Thursday nights and being there through Sundays is, is nice um, on, on the drivers, on the teams, on everybody. That's probably the one thing I I, have, I just wish we could get some practice back. If we could do a one day show where, um, you know, we could go out and get a little bit of practice and then go race. I think that'd be kind of perfect for me. Uh, but definitely the, the one day show is the one thing that sticks out for me through all this that I think has been really nice. All right. Why don't we go back a little bit? Uh, the first time I ever saw you race was in 2011. You showed up with a super late model at the Berlin Raceway in one of the biggest short track races in the country at that time, the Rowdy 251. I believe you were 14 years old at that particular time. It did not take you long to jump into the fire and just go for it, did you? Did it? No, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I got started pretty young in, in, in late models and, and racing on that side of things. And, you know, it was a cool time to come into, into late model racing. There's a lot of great guys obviously racing full-time and super late models. And there was a lot of young guys coming up with me, you know, Chase was running 
uh, super late models then and, and, and Ryan Blaney was running a lot then. So, uh, raced a lot with those guys and, and that was great exposure for me. You know, I, I didn't, uh, come from racing family. So having those guys out there to race with, you know, there was definitely eyes on them. And I think that, that helped me in turn, you know, just being out there and getting to race with them and, and, and compete with them, um, helped me out a lot. And, and it was, uh, it was cool. Berlin was a track that, you know, I raced that a ton and have, have raced that many times since then, but, uh, a really neat place and a really challenging place, but you know, it was cool. I mean, that was cool to get into supers that, that early and that young and, and start to learn and get the feel for things and, you know, kind of see what it was all about. All right. Both you and I are from Michigan. So I want to wrap it up this way, Eric, um, just for fun, one Michigander to another 10, all Michigan questions that some people probably won't even understand in rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Number one, snowmobiling or boating? Oh man. Um, probably snowmobiling because I don't get to do it as much. So that's, that's what I like better. Number two, Michigan state Spartans or the Michigan Wolverines? Uh, Wolverines always been Wolverines fan. Ouch. Number three, <laughs> Bob Seeger or kid rock. Probably, probably Seeger. I I've been a Seeger fan for a long time. I've been to a few of his concerts. So I got to pick Seeger. Number four, Fago or Verner's. <laughs> Uh, I got to say Verners. They can't beat Verners for me. All right. Pick one. Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, or Pistons? Red Wings, 100%. Number six, Mackinac Island Fudge or Hudsonville Ice Cream? Oh, man. Uh, fudge for sure because I don't, I don't get to get the fudge as often. Number seven, Bob Seneker or Mike Eddy? Oh, man. Um... Yeah, you know, I was always more of, or more of a Seneca fan. I'd have to say Bob Seneca. Number eight, Barry Sanders or Steve Eiserman. I think I know which way you're going to go with this one. <laughs> Eiserman for sure. I saw Eiserman play a lot when I was a kid. All right, number nine, a Michigan spring or a Michigan fall? Ooh, um, fall for sure. And the final one, Torch Lake or Houghton Lake? <laughs> uh, Houghton Lake for me. I know that's where you spend a lot of your time. It is. Appreciate it is. Best of luck this weekend, Eric. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That is uh, Eric Jones. He grew up just 75 miles away from the Michigan International Speedway. He'll be running in the doubleheader this weekend. Hear more from Eric Jones and Jeff Striegel Saturday in our NASCAR Live Race Day pre-race show from Michigan International Speedway on many of these same motor racing network stations. Coming up, Kyle Busch continues to have a tough go at it in the Cup Series this season. He's yet to win a race and sits 13th in the playoff standings. Not very Kyle Busch-like. Our Steve Post has the story next. Rusty Wallace here for Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. This pain cream is the official pain cream of NASCAR for a reason. It works fast and you won't stink. There's no messy, greasy, nasty feel or any stinging or burning here. This is pure pain relief. Don't run your engine on Octane 89. Get the good stuff and meet me in Victory Lane. Blue Emu works fast, and you won't stink. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR.
The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin had a problem here yesterday, got together. That's Dale Earnhardt. He shouldn't have even been messing with me in the first place, and so I flipped the script on him, and what does he do? Wipe us out. Here's stories you've never heard before in a 10-part series called the 1993 season. So Dale comes over and I said, what did Mark say? He said he wouldn't talk to me. So Mark goes on to win four races in a row after that. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. Coming up, Steve Post documents Kyle Busch's struggles in 2020. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Thanks so much for joining us each and every week here on the Motor Racing Network. Can you believe it's been already, already 20 races this season, and Kyle Busch has yet to drive his Toyota into victory lane? This comes a year after the reigning champion won five times a year ago, including the championship race at Homestead Miami Speedway. Kyle Busch has eight top fives this season and only 10 top tens. And again, had problems over the weekend in New Hampshire. Our Steve Post is here with more on Kyle Busch's roller coaster 2020 season. The 2020 NASCAR Cup season has been tough on the 2019 series champ. Since winning the finale at Homestead last year. Career win number 56, championship number two, off turn four, looking at the checkered flag, and Kyle Busch scores the win. Kyle Busch has had trouble finding victory lane. The year started with a disappointing 34th place finish after having engine troubles late in the Daytona 500. Kyle Busch has an issue. Lots of smoke beginning to fill up for the M&M Toyota. And a defending series champion who has yet to add the 500 to his resume. Off the pace, he'll be headed to pit road. Busch's second place finish at Darlington tied his best on the season, but not without controversy. Here comes Chase Elliott. He gets turned hard into the inside wall. Kyle Busch got into the left rear corner. Chase Elliott spins down and pancakes the inside safer barrier. Kyle Busch was pretty much alone on that inside lane. It was not where he wanted to be. He tried to slide back up in line behind the Chase Elliott machine, and he just made that right turn a couple of inches too early. Hooked Elliott, and uh, Chase Elliott has just communicated to Kyle Busch, indicating that he is, in fact, number one. Bad luck and poor handling has plagued Busch most of the season. We got a car up against the fence coming up off turn four. Looks like Kyle Busch has got some problems. Kyle Busch very slow here in the trial. One driver we did not expect to see on pit road, but did was Kyle Busch. He is a lapped machine. Under the rules, he should not have pitted until a lap from now. Steve Post, that's a sign, I think, of a team that just had so much work to do, they don't care Kyle Busch, he has nosed that Eminem's mini Toyota into the safer barrier. Hard contact there. It spun around. Yeah, it's tough. You know, we're, we're struggling right now. There's just no speed in our race cars for some reason. I don't know what's going on. It's just um, not going forward. That's normally not indicative of of us, Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyota, or whatever, you know. Um, so it's, it's certainly been frustrating this year. And it seems like anytime I fall into a rhythm and I just back up myself just a little bit to 90, 95%, I'm going backwards, you know. I'm getting past and I'm getting slowed down. And, um, you know, so it's just you, 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 can't, you can't run at 100% all the time, every lap. When you do, you start making mistakes. And so, um, you know, we... We've just been run into a lot this year, too. When we've, when we've had nothing happening, we just get run into. And then uh, those are bad finishes as well. So I, 
I don't know, we can chalk it up to a whole bunch of things, but um, lack of a better term is we got to be faster. The two-time champion is no stranger to seasons like this one. Uh, yeah, 2014 was really close to this. We struggled super bad when we came out with this new body style, the Gen 6 body style. So uh, we were pretty bad as a company at JGR that year. We only won one non-restrictor plate race, and that was myself at California. The, the rest of us didn't win at all. So that was for sure a frustrating season, and uh, unfortunately, I don't have a win yet. Uh, but it feels just like that year, and um, man, I, I don't know what's going on, where it's at, or whatever. But um, you know, we do have six second place finishes, I think, four, five, six, whatever the hell it is. And we've been close a couple times, but then many of the other races we're just getting run into. Um, you know, we, we have had flat tires and had gone two laps down and tried to do the right thing and drive it back to pit road and not cause a caution, and then it penalizes us in the day. So now I understand why those guys do that. But other than that, just, um, you know, you get run into by a guy that shouldn't even be pitting on the same pit lap as you, I think, at Talladega. Um, I mean, I can keep going, but, but no point in that. Just uh, we got to fight harder and do better, and that's all there is to it. Thank you, Posty. We'll be interesting to see if Kyle can break through in one or both races at Michigan this weekend. As you documented, he's not really in too much danger of missing the playoffs, but as we know in this sport and in this year, anything can happen. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll preview the doubleheader weekend for the Cup Series in Michigan. And later, a piece on the latest episode of Sunday Money featuring Corey LaJoy and Landon Castle. NASCAR heads to Daytona International Speedway this August for two unique events at the World Center of Racing. On August 16th, NASCAR will battle on the historic Daytona Road Course, and then the sport returns August 29th for the regular season finale with the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Be here to witness NASCAR history being made in August at Daytona International Speedway. Visit DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com or call 1-800-PIT-SHOP to secure your tickets now. Now we're uh, easy top 10 car. Before you dive into the race weekend, get up to speed with MRN Outlaw. That is what makes an extraordinary team. I'm Woody Kane, inviting you to join me every Thursday as we talk to NASCAR drivers and crew chiefs about the coming weekend's race. There, there's a lot that we've been working on. And let you know when and where to hear MRN's coverage from the track. It's one of the older race surfaces we go to. Gear up for the race when you catch MRN Outlaw streaming every Thursday at MRN.com or wherever great podcasts are found. The Xfinity fastest lap in this past Sunday's race at New Hampshire was turned by Brad Keselowski with a speed of 127.958 miles an hour. It happened on lap 13. The Xfinity fastest lap is brought to you by Xfinity. That wasn't just fast. That was Xfinity fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. We'll preview the doubleheader for the Cup Series at Michigan next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Wheeland would like to congratulate Brad Keselowski and his number two Team Penske Racing Pit Crew for the win at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on Sunday afternoon. They are the Wheeland Pit Crew of the Week. Keselowski would like nothing more than to take his team to another NASCAR Cup Series championship. A great car and a great team effort. Uh, I was able to get in a really good rhythm at certain points in the race and just kind of take control. And that felt uh, that felt really good. It's our third win of the year, but first kind of win where we just kind of been able to take control of the race and Gosh, that feels good. It feels so good. Still, you know, a lot of racing left in this season, and uh, gosh, I would love to make a run of this championship. Uh, I'm, I'm dying to get second championship. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The Cup Series races their second doubleheader of the year this weekend in Michigan, and MRN will be on hand to cover it all for you. Our Tim Catalfamo is here for a preview of both events. NASCAR is in Michigan this week for a rare Cup Series doubleheader as they will race both on Saturday and Sunday in the Irish Hills. This is the second doubleheader of the season for the Cup Series as NASCAR's top talent competed in back-to-back days in Pocono in June. Checkered flag is in the air, coming to the stripe. Tyler Reddick wins the LTI printing 250 at Michigan. Richard Shoulders Racing's rookie standout Tyler Reddick has won at Michigan in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, but the doubleheader in Pocono this season didn't go as planned. He's hoping for a much different result this week. Well, I learned my lesson at Pocono. Don't wreck the dang race car and your weekend will go a lot smoother we uh we just really we lost a lot of points at Pocono we had a really fast car both days two different thought processes and um you know set up ideas but nevertheless wrecked the first day put us behind for day two and we ran into some issues that that wouldn't have been there if we just uh you know not gotten in a not the driver not put us in in a bad spot in race one so you just got to be aware of that you know you want to race hard in race one you want to do everything you can to maximize points but you uh you don't want to put yourself behind for race two that's very key teams will use the same car that they race on saturday and then turn it around to race again for sunday's event in michigan which means if you have to go to a backup car you will need to start at the rear of the field Brad Keselowski is a Michigan native, and while he's never won in his home state in the Cup Series, he says a win in Ford's backyard would be huge, and the momentum the team has right now gives them a great shot to win one or both races. We've been really running well. I haven't quite executed perfectly until this weekend. This was one of the or race, uh, so you know I, I think we have a great shot of, of doing it just that at Michigan. Um, you know, competition's going to be really tough. I think we all know how good Harvick is on those really big tracks. Um, and, and I'm going to have to be perfect to beat them. Thrilled that I have the opportunity with a car that has been fast, and um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Not only does a win this week get you more playoff points or even get you into a playoff spot if you haven't found victory lane yet this season, but there's also extra bragging rights on the line among manufacturers. The Race Team Alliance, or RTA, along with all the OEMs, Ford, Chevrolet, and Toyota, have announced they will give a Heritage Trophy away. The Heritage Trophy gives well-deserved bragging rights to the winning manufacturer of the Michigan Race Weekend. For the 2020 historic doubleheader, an OEM must win one or both NASCAR Cup Series races at Michigan International Speedway. If one OEM sweeps both races, that OEM will be declared the winner of the Heritage Trophy. If different OEMs win on August 8th and 9th, then the award will go to the OEM with the most points earned by top 10 finishers of both races. William Byron drives a Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports and is seeking his first win of the season, currently near the playoff cutoff line. Byron says Michigan is a great racetrack that gives you a real sensation of speed. You do. I mean, it's um, the straightaways are long. You're, you're right up against the wall. It's kind of, um, it's got the shape of a Daytona track, but but um, it honestly is a lot flatter than Daytona. So um, I think the flatness of the track makes it to where you feel like you're really going fast on corner entry, um, which is really that that effect that uh, that really gives you that sense of speed is just that lateral load and, and um, right on edge on the entry to the corner. So 
uh, I think that's what that's what creates that sensation for us. Both the Michigan's Cup Series races this weekend can be heard on the Motor Racing Network. Airtime for Saturday's Firekeepers Casino 400 is at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And the following day on Sunday, drivers will strap into the same race cars for 400 miles again in the Consumer's Energy 400. Tim mentioned the Cup Series schedule for this weekend. Here's the rest of MRN's broadcast schedule. Be sure to tune in Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series Henry Ford Health System 200. On Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, it'll be the NASCAR Xfinity Series Henry 180 at Road America. And, of course, we'll cover the Arca Menard Series Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can hear the Vizcom 200. Coming up, Landon Castle was a co-host on Corey LaJoy's Sunday Money Podcast, housed here right at MRN.com. We'll hear a piece of that as we continue to preview a NASCAR race weekend in both Michigan and Wisconsin. Seven-point reinforced nylon harness. Check. Carbon fiber head and neck restraint. Check. Thermoplastic nylon window webbing. Check. NASCAR uses innovative technology to protect their drivers. Shouldn't you do the same to protect your Wi-Fi network? With Xfinity XFi Advanced Security, your XFi gateway safeguards all the devices on your home network. So if it's connected, it's protected. Wi-Fi security? Check. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Visit Xfinity.com to learn more. Hey, NASCAR fans, this is NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. You've got less than a month to enter to win a one-of-a-kind 2020 Toyota Camry TRD at nascarfoundation.org slash car giveaway and help children in need. This championship edition Camry celebrates Toyota's 2019 NASCAR Cup Series title. Just donate $25 to the NASCAR Foundation for your chance to win. Go to nascarfoundation.org slash car giveaway. That's nascarfoundation.org slash car giveaway. A piece of the latest Sunday Money podcast is just around the corner. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR Cup Series driver for Go Fast Racing, Corey LaJoy, has hosted his own podcast on MRN.com for the past couple of seasons. The popular NASCAR podcast titled Sunday Money is hosted by his friends Lauren Fox and Daryl Mott. This week, Landon Castle sat in for Daryl and talked about some interesting topics this week. Shout out to the PJ1 applicators this week. I thought they did a pretty good job. The PJ1 wore out from the middle groove or the top groove. Definitely made the racing down. better at New Hampshire. New Hampshire, for sure. Um, but what about the 48 car? I don't know. Is there any candidates to stick out to you who should be getting in that ride? Like, I've been trying to think of every scenario, whether... Eric Jones doesn't resign with Gibbs, and they take him over at the 48. I feel like they need a veteran guy over there. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, nothing stands out. What I mean, then you hear rumors. And there's nothing really emerging either. No, no. leaders. I mean, I maybe the rumor of them cutting a car makes more sense. That's the but that's the latest rumor. I, I have. I mean, I'd, I'd have to. I I feel like those teams, like those manufacturer supported teams, get paid per car. So I I you know, I it'd be interesting to see like how they sort that out with Chevy, you know. Could you imagine being Hendrick and calling Chevy and saying, "Hey, we want to cut a car." And Chevy saying, "Okay, well, here's how much we're going to cut out of what we pay yeah. you." And we're cutting 25% of your budget. Right. So I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, um it's it is interesting that nobody's really, especially with the Brad conversation kind of dying down a little bit at Hendrick. Um it, 
there's nobody that's really emerged. I know, it's kind of weird. How many, like, open cars do you anticipate, I guess, next year? Like, with maybe guys retiring that aren't Jimmy Johnson or calling it quits? It's hard to say. I mean, and, and none of them are really open, per se. Like, everybody, it's it's musical chairs because mm-hmm. there's, the essentially, the, the seats are open and it's it's everybody running around mm-hmm. trying to... <laughs> grab their seat when the music stops right and you know, as sponsorship has gotten harder to come by over the last you know five or six years because it, it seems like every year this the silly season is crazier than the last and i think a lot of that is a result of these sponsorships that used to be three-year deals are now like one-year deals and so these drivers that used to get two three four-year deals are all getting one-year deals and it's just got to the point where now on every se- every season, every driver and every sponsor is on a one-year deal. Yeah. And there's so many decision makers involved when you have a sponsor and a driver and a team owner all on a one-year deal. Yeah. And there's just, even with for one in organization to make a decision, there's a lot of decision makers involved. So then when you add like six other organizations that are in the same situation, it's 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 a very complex you know, there's a lot of complex things. That's, and and I mean, I wouldn't want to bother myself being a media member in this day and age because <laughs> you you can chase stories and chase the scoop that you think you have it. You could literally talk to the general manager of a team and think that um, that they could be your source, and you could think that that's the case. But I mean, it could change on a moment's notice. Absolutely, it's 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 not like a clear picture, and there's not a drivers' union, like when you can't ask to get traded like any other particular sport you mm-hmm. can't ask to re-up a you know negotiation because there's there's only one seat on the team there's not 52 players yeah. with everybody can one guy can sit on the bench and still get paid you're the one guy mm-hmm. the public face for your race team and there's also another four guys behind you waiting in line to mm-hmm. be that public face if you slip up or wanted to do something else so it's Free agency, like it, it, it kept keeps getting harder and harder every year because there's more factors and more variables that play into the conversations. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I didn't want to leave. I feel like I kind of bashed JJ a little bit, and I don't want to do that. So I want to bring <laughs> up some positive notes on Jimmy Johnson. Um, so NASCAR sent a survey survey to the drivers last week that uh, I think it had five questions. You had to fill them out. There wasn't multiple choice. It was a literal blank blank box, and it says, who's the greatest driver of all time? You fill out the box. Who's the best active driver? Who's the best crew chief? Who's your choice to win the championship? And who gives who gets the most consistent performance out of their equipment? Those were the questions. There might be one or two more, but I forget. So the results came out on NASCAR, NASCAR NBC all posted it. And the drivers collectively, I think 37%, what was the percentage of uh, drivers that agreed that no, Jimmy no. Johnson is the greatest driver of all time. Wow. Is that a surprise to you? No. I mean, I, I think I, that's been my opinion. So you'd have filled in Jimmy Johnson? Uh-huh. I, would, I, I filled Jimmy Johnson in, too. Who would you have filled in? Boy, I have no clue. I mean, da- David Pearson got some votes. Yeah. Um, wow. You know who didn't make the list? Jeffrey Gordon. <gasps> he didn't make the top that five. Was, See, so, I mean, Jeff, I think that Jeff could probably, you know, maybe fit into his own pocket of, like, the most impactful driver of all time or something like Absolutely that. Absolutely agree. And and Jeff, you know, 
for, to be the greatest of all time, Jeff is is in this awkward in between Jimmy and Dale Earnhardt, right? Like or Richard Petty, because Dale and Richard are kind of this old world greatest of all time, right? Yeah. Like, and then Jeff is is new world, but then but then Jimmy won more championships, yeah, right. So like Jimmy, I, I think that's where Jeff almost could totally get bypassed yeah. or overlooked, you know, um, at least in those three. Um, and then I, I know that he didn't even make the top five. So I, th- I think that's where he could get overlooked there. But, I mean, I, I think it's w- without argument that Jeff is probably one of the most impactful drivers for this entire sport. Uh, I don't even think that's an argument at all. Yeah. I think he is the most impactful guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And on the flip side, like, Jimmy is probably nowhere on that list in terms of impactful. You know, it's it's Jimmy's, like, Jimmy's... Your cultural influence has been a slow and steady climb, and I think he's, you know, he's as as powerful as ever right now, um, because you can pretty much mention to anybody and ask about who Jimmy Johnson is, and they know. But I mean, Jeff Gordon, um, like you know, almost transcended the sport on his back for a decade. The guy yeah. did Saturday Night Live, right? right. Ain't no drivers doing Saturday Night Live, right. maybe ever again. <laughs> you know, like everybody's like, oh, what's right. NASCAR? Maybe actually, I can see Bubba I can doing see it. Bubba. Yeah. Bubba might be on Saturday Night Live one day. Keep going, Bubba. You'll be on Saturday Night Live. Um, and then the other guys, so the drivers collective, collect, not a collectively, um, the percentage of drivers voted <clears throat> that Kyle Busch is the best active driver. Mm-hmm. I think that seems fairly obvious with the, how dominant he is in the lower divisions as well. 2020 is having a year, though. Yeah. He is not having a good year. Hasn't won yet. Uh, blew I, a, I think I might have wrote Kevin Harvick into that one. I. But, he, I mean, he is rock solid. So, but I mean, just just pure driving talent. I mean, Kyle Busch is, yeah, pretty hard to beat. I think by every measurement, you can you can put Kyle yeah. Busch up there for sure. Um, and then, so Kevin Harvick did win the vote of consistently getting the most performance out of their uh, equipment. And then Rodney Childers, his crew chief, was mm. voted on as the, probably the best active crew chief. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was an interesting survey. I thought the I hope the fans. What was the that. point of that? Like just I don't uh, know. We could talk about it on Sunday money. Yeah, right. I figured. Right, so they can put, post a poll on, um, on social media and <laughs> right. get some spur some sort Peer of reaction. Review. Corey LaJoy, Landon Castle, and Lauren Fox on the latest Sunday Money podcast. Hear the full episode along with the rest of the archive shows on MRN.com. And wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Coming up, more Michigan talk with MRN's co anchor Jeff Striegel. And later, we'll have a good 48 stories. Coming up, more Michigan talk with MRN's co anchor Jeff Striegel. And later, we'll have a 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson and relive NASCAR history with Susie Armstrong. We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation to Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries, or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! (laughs) Yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. About to put a bow on this week's show here on NASCAR Live. It's Michigan Race Week on Motor Racing Network, which means our very own Jeff Striegel has a short drive to the Michigan International Speedway to cover cup racing both Saturday and Sunday, along with the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series and the ARCA Menard Series. He joined Woody Kane on MRN Crew Call this week to discuss the Michigan area and much more. More than one home game coming up for you this weekend, Jeff. The Michigan doubleheader for the cup race. We've seen this once before in Pocono. How do you think it's going to play out at Michigan? It's going to be something to uh, at least experience from a standpoint of, well, we did this once before. Well, and I'm looking forward to doing it again, Woody. Good to be with you. Um, It's not what we wanted, right? We wanted to be there in June. We wanted to come back in August, and we wanted the fans there and all of that celebration, but that's not going to be how it's going to play out. But what will play out, as you know, another huge weekend of ARCA and trucks, Xfinity, and all of that will be capped off with a big Cup Series doubleheader. I'm looking forward to it. When you worked the Pocono event, what things jumped out at you with such a quick turnaround for the Cup guys? Because there were some parts and pieces that weren't as we've seen before. Uh, Their ability to do it. Um, I think we all wanted to see how that was going to work. The wear and tear on the drivetrain, the wear and tear on the engines, the crews, the drivers, the cars. Um, And we only saw a couple of cars go or a couple of teams go to a backup car. Everybody else was prepared. And, you know, we we did see a bit of a – we saw this same thing play out the day before that played out in race number two. Uh, I think it was a Denny Hamlin and, and Kevin Harvick show, but you know what? We've seen Hasn't the whole year been that way. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see how it plays out at Michigan, completely different track than obviously what we had at Pocono with their flat three turn racetrack compared to the high speeds and the high banks at Michigan. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll tell you Woody, and you and I have talked about this off air, the lack of fans. I think that, that is my biggest disappointment because the show that we're going to see at Michigan should be spectacular. The only thing we'll be missing will be the fans there to join us, but hopefully that will change soon. I'm glad you mentioned that. And it's, it's interesting in that NASCAR is having to play by different rules, depending on what state they're in and what they can negotiate with the, the, the local and state and even County governmental units in those particular places. But I don't know about you now, since all this has started and I watch a movie even that was done years ago and you see people all over each other and you're like, no, 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 don't do that. It's the same way. You know, it was great to see all the fans back at the all-star race, but when they all crowded down at the fence, I'm like, come on, don't do that. Don't do that. Because, NASCAR has done such a great job of being able to get back going again. Look at the issues the other sports have had trying to get back and not as able to do it as successfully as NASCAR. And I keep thinking every little 
thing I can nitpick. I'm like, don't do this. Don't do that. Let's get to the end of the season. I get it. I want to have fans there too, but we've got to finish the season and get it done in the right way. Well, and we all, I think we, I hope we all can embrace what NASCAR has done to keep us all safe. We, we've talked about this a lot. The um, very well scripted, this is what the drivers can do. This is what the drivers can't do. This is what the teams can do. This is what the teams can't do. All the way up to what you and I do on race day. Where we go, how we get there, where we stay, what we do. And some people might look at that and roll their eyes and think, well, geez, you know, how, that can't be much fun. Well, if it means that we get to race week in and week <laughs> out without interruption, I'm going to do whatever they ask. All right. That's enough about that stuff. Let's talk about what we both want to get to, the actual racing. We're, yeah. we're in the, the stretch run toward the playoffs now. As we mentioned, it's been the Hamlin and Harvick show to this point of the season. They've been winning just everything in sight practically. But there are some other guys who I think are right there as well. Brad Kozlowski comes to mind, a Michigan guy who's looking for a win in his home state. And then there are some other guys right around that bubble area within, you know, 10, 15, 20 points of each other who are likely going to swap positions all the way down to the first race of the playoffs. Yeah, let's start with Brad. He has said from day one, winning at Michigan, which he's never done before, would be the biggest win of his career. He's come close. He's failed every time. Uh, I look for Brad to do – he's got two races back-to-back. Woody, he's going to do anything and everything in his power to finally get that win. Uh, he grew up in Rochester, Michigan, which is maybe an hour north of the racetrack, maybe not quite that far. So that, that is definitely home track for Brad. Eric Jones – from Byron, Michigan, looking to win for Joe Gibbs Racing. One of the bubble guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he needs to win. Yeah. You know, and, and what, here's what's crazy. Look at the, the couple of winners of late that were well on the outside of the bubble. They were not going mm-hmm. to make a, uh, a championship run without a victory, and they pull it off. There are some people headed to Michigan still in that same boat. I look at Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Woody and I and I know again this is something you and I've talked about a lot the the uh, groundswell I, I'm, I'm trying to find the right word mm-hmm. that, uh, of support that I think we all have for Jimmy yeah whether he wins a championship or not this year you know what I don't know that I even care but I do care that he goes back to victory lane Michigan has been a, a good track not a great track for him but it's been a good track Maybe a track that he can finally break through and notch that win. Uh, and like you said, there's a number of other drivers. I look at Team Penske to be good when we get to Michigan. Uh, can anybody else with Stuart Haas Racing be good other than Kevin Harvick? I'm not sure. Eric Almirola's been having a pretty strong season, kind of quietly under the radar. He just keeps piling up the top tens and top fives. Maybe. Do you agree, Woody? Maybe the best season for a driver yet to score a win? I mean, maybe, yeah. They're fast. Yeah, uh, they just haven't put it together. How about Kyle Busch? They've been fast, haven't put it together yet. And there's a there's a lot of other ones. That's Michigan native Jeff Striegel and NASCAR today's Woody Kane on the latest episode of MRN Crew Call. Find the entire show on MRN.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Coming up, Kurt Becker has the latest installment of 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. 
Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. It's been a very different season, but NASCAR today is still out front, keeping you up to speed every weekday. Lack of a better term is we got to be faster. Despite all the changes, we're on top of the latest from NASCAR newsmakers. Going forward, our efforts are best spent on making sure every competitor feels safe and every guest feels welcome. I'm Woody Kane. Join me for a two-minute lap around the sport every weekday. We're putting ourselves in contention. As we head toward the playoffs, NASCAR today keeps you in the know. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Back to Wade the Checkers on another edition of NASCAR Live. So glad you've joined us this week. Before we go, on MRN.com, we've archived a series called 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. You can find the features on the Shows tab by using the drop-down box. This week, MRN's Kurt Becker tells a story about Johnson's Michigan woes and ultimately finding victory lane. Over Jimmy Johnson's 20-year career, Michigan International Speedway has been a tough track for the seven-time champion. Dating back to his first start in 2002, Jimmy would often run well and come close to winning, only to see victory slip from his grasp. For example, in 2007, he ran out of fuel with nine laps to go. Travel on a Jimmy Johnson car. Johnson may have run out of fuel at the exit of turn two. The low Chevrolet goes to the bottom of the racetrack, and the lights are out under the hood. In June of 2009, he came even closer to a Michigan win by leading the most laps, but the fuel ran dry again, this time with one lap to go. Heading down to the white flag lap this time around, they come out of turn number four, and again, Greg Biffle has lost a little bit more to the leader as they hit the start-finish line. Jimmy Johnson's off the throttle. He may be out of fuel heading down to turn number one. Let's see if Jimmy Johnson can make it home. Here comes Greg Biffle. Biffle around the outside lane. Final lap at Michigan. It is Greg Biffle with the lead. Later that year, Jimmy returned with the dominant car, again leading the most laps and again running out of fuel, this time with just two laps remaining. Jimmy Johnson's off the pace. He's coming to pit road. Brian Vickers goes by. He takes over the lead with two laps to go. Vickers heads to turn one as Jimmy Johnson is on pit road. And now you can bet that Jimmy, that uh, Brian Vickers is just going to be milking that gas pedal. In 2012, Jimmy was in contention again for the win, but with six laps to go, engine trouble denied him a victory. At the front, Jimmy Johnson's in trouble. The motor sputters off turn two. Johnson is off the pace. Here comes Greg Biffle around the outside of Jimmy Johnson. Everybody on their feet here in turn number three. The 3M Ford of Greg Biffle has gone to the lead. It wasn't until 2014, in his 25th start in the Irish Hills, that Jimmy Johnson finally broke into the winner's circle at Michigan International Speedway. Finally trying to get to Gatorade Victory Lane at Michigan International Speedway, and he's well on his way as he makes his way into the second line. On Father's Day 2014, the Michigan curse ends for Jimmy Johnson as he will win the Quicken Loans 400. And when I heard 10 to go, and I've been there before with the lead, when I heard 5 to go, I've been there before you know didn't win taking the white with the lead and didn't make it back so I, I was really uh, you know t- I wasn't taking anything for granted on that final trip around and about 200 yards before the finish line I knew if the car exploded I'd still slide across the finish line it wouldn't matter so that's finally when I relaxed and, and let it go this has been 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson 
Thanks again, Kurt. Again, all of the 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson is housed at MRN.com. As we do each and every week here on NASCAR Live, we end things with a history lesson. With this week in NASCAR history, here's our Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. This week, we take a stellar stroll through 1975. Authorities discovered former Teamster President Jimmy Hoffa's missing car abandoned at a restaurant in Michigan. Swimmers thought twice about the surf as Jaws hungrily tore through box office records, becoming America's first summer blockbuster. The Eagles finally soared to the top of the charts with their fourth studio album, One of These Nights. And David Pearson ignored the black flag in the number 21 Wood Brothers Mercury to grab the checkers in the Purolator 500 at Pocono Raceway. One of these nights. Here comes Pearson into turn number three. The engine running very ragged. Pearson's got that steering wheel clutched in his hand as he comes through turn number three and Richard Petty behind him by some 500 feet as they come off the turn. And he does get the black and the checker at the same time and the, the smoke has let down considerably. David Pearson has won the Purolator 500. 1981, video killed the radio star as music television debuted on basic cable and satellite. Leading the new MTV lineup was General Hospital heartthrob Rick Springfield, who went from soap star to rock star with a double platinum hit, Jesse's Girl. George and Wheezy were dishing up social commentary from their deluxe apartment in the sky as the Jeffersons' long run continued on CBS. And Northeast late model ace Ron Bouchard scored his one and only Cup Series victory in the Talladega 500 as the 1981 Rookie of the Year led only six laps, including the one that counted at Talladega Super Speedway. Waldrop's got one car length on Terry Labonte in the number two spot. Bouchard is closed within a car length of Labonte, and the three are stacked one, two, three, just like that, waiting for that final move as they come off turn four. Waldrop leads them off. Here comes Labonte right on his tail to the outside. Terry Labonte sweeps around on the outside, and he is there. Then down on the inside comes Bouchard. Three abreast, they'll come across the strike base right It'll be Bouchard by just about a foot. Ron Bouchard will win the 13th Talladega 500 and become the 13th different driver to do it. What a finish as they sweep across the start-finish line. 2008, spunky Jerry Springer took a break from profanity and thrown chairs to host the third season of Simon Cowell's top-rated America's Got Talent. The conditions were right for Alan Jackson to inspire the return of line dancing with the number one country hit, Good Time. And Carl Edwards was in good condition to take the win in the Pennsylvania 500 at Pocono Raceway, the fourth of nine wins during his most prolific season. No pressure from either side of Carl Edwards off his depot four. Final time off the tunnel turn, down the short shoot, into turn number three. He can see the checkered flag from here. It's Carl Edwards off turn three for the final time. One here at Pocono in June of 2005. He'll come back and win today in August of 2008. Carl Edwards will get the win in the Pennsylvania 500. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Appreciate it. And as we head for the exits, we also thank Eric Jones for joining us on this week's show, along with Corey LaJoy and Landon Castle. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. And we'll talk to you next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina.
and was brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Culbrit. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.